Givens with you here, leading you into Sixers basketball on this Tuesday night. Get to hang out with you for a little bit to talk a little hoops and some NFL as we get into that, leading into the basketball here tonight. Just to let you know, Sixers at Minnesota tonight and take on the Timberwolves. 7.30 tip time, 7.20 pregame coverage. I'll have that pregame coverage for you right here on the home of Sixers basketball, 97.5 The Fanatic. We'll get into the Sixers going into the final game of the five-game road trip. They are 3-1 and one through four games. I'm greedy. Even though I was just talking to Tyrone and Hunter about this and Dylan saying, you know, going this road trip is tough. Five games and seven and it, technically, I, yeah, it would be seven and how many games they have to play. That's not an easy thing to do. And I've, I said going into this road trip, give me three, and I'm satisfied. But I'm also a little greedy. So if they have an opportunity to beat Minnesota tonight, which I think they should, especially if the big fellow plays and maybe Tobias Harris and P.J. Tucker, who I think will play, uh, maybe James Harden plays, who listed as questionable also on the injury report. We'll see. We'll see, but I think they have more than a shot against this Minnesota team. Minnesota beat them the first time around when they faced off back here in Philadelphia. Minnesota beat them by three, 112-109 at the center. Had a big shot from DeAnthony Melton. He had a three to cut the lead to one. He then plucked, plucked, I mean plucked, at half court. Anthony Edwards came back the other way and rushed his layup attempt. Could not get the rebound. They fouled Anthony Edwards. He goes to the free throw line, knocks down two. And that was the final score because George Niang missed a final uh, final attempt from three-point range to see if they could uh, tie the game up and force it into overtime. But nevertheless, it did not happen, unfortunately, for them. So a little payback for the Sixers. And again, get greedy. Get greedy and try to take game number five here. Come back to Philadelphia for the two-game series that you have this weekend. And it will be uh, uh, a good, good, it's already a good road trip. It will be an even better trip if they're able to steal one tonight in Minnesota. So we'll lead you into that one. We'll lead you into basketball at 7.30. Pre-game coverage at 7.20. We'll talk to you about the Sixers. We'll get into that. But I also want to talk about the birds and some of the things that are going on currently with the NFL. And the tag time today, the, the, the time that you had to uh, add the tag to the player on your roster that you wanted to franchise tag, you could do so by putting that number up there by 4 o'clock and putting that tag up there by 4 o'clock. And while there were some big names out there in the NFL to get tagged or also to get contract extensions like Daniel Jones, four years, over $100 million to stay with the New York Giants, good for them, good for him. Um, he did well there, but, you know, whatever. I'm not scared uh, that they signed Daniel Jones to, to keep him in the mix for four more seasons. Brian Dayball and, and company felt comfortable doing so. More power to them. Congratulations to him for striking on a big deal that a year ago he probably would not have gotten. And I'm not afraid if we're sitting here evaluating the Eagles and the Giants. I'm still looking at the Eagles as a favorite over the New York Giants. That said, they give him the contract. They do not give a contract to running back Saquon Barkley. He was not. He is. He was tagged uh, today. By the 
New York Giants. So he is now going to have to figure out a contract extension with his team. Josh Jacobs, Evan Ingram, Tony Pollard, all done yesterday by their respective teams. And Deron Payne at the end of February with Washington. They placed the franchise tag on him. And the only other was Lamar Jackson today getting the uh, the tag where he can now go out there and seek a, a, a seek a contract extension with another team to see if they offer him a new contract. And the Ravens do have the right to match him, though, to see if they want to stay in the business with Lamar Jackson. It's a very, very interesting thing with him because he's a franchise quarterback. We all know him to be a franchise quarterback, yet they cannot come to an agreement. They've offered him big money over $200 million. He turned it down because he wanted a little bit more in the 200 range, I'm guessing, past what Kyler Murray got, which was about 230 a year ago from the Arizona Cardinals. He wanted more. So they are all in their positions right now. They really don't impact the Philadelphia Eagles outside of Barkley and Jones with their tag for Barkley, contract for Jones, Tony Pollard, and Deron Payne for Dallas and Washington there. Other than that, there's not much more to it in terms of the Eagles. But what we noticed there with all of that is the Eagles did not tag anyone today. And the one name that was constantly in the same conversation of being tagged, like these other names that we talked about there with the other teams out there, was Chauncey Gardner-Johnson. He did not receive the franchise tag. And, and you know, hey, at this point, that was a big number. The Eagles typically do not place tags on anyone. If you remember the one tag I remember, and he was hot about it, was Jeremiah Trotter when Andy Reid placed the tag on him years ago. He was ticked off about it. You heard the stories about how mad he was, how angry he was, and he and uh, Andy Reid got into a big discussion about it, and eventually they lifted the tag, and he went on to sign with the Washington Redskins at the time and had his career there and eventually also came back to Philadelphia. So that's the only tag that I really remember the Eagles franchise ever placing on a, a, a big player like we were talking about with Jeremiah Trotter, who was an all-pro level linebacker, pro bowler. It was, you know, one of the favorites of all time in the Philadelphia Eagle uniform. And here in this case, many people, myself included, want Chauncey Gardner-Johnson back. But we also know the number is going to be pretty hefty at the safety position for a 25-year-old safety. And as Matt Menark is producing here, he gave me a sheet here of franchise tag values. And the safety number is 144 million dollars for the tag for safety now we've seen numbers where he could be projected out to approximately 70 million dollars over a four or five year deal for chauncey gardner johnson are you willing to pay that for safety jesse bates had this issue a year ago cincinnati Bengals. he came back and played and it looked like they weren't going to place the tag on him today i don't think i've seen anything since earlier today about jesse bates a fantastic fantastic safety for the cincinnati Bengals, and they couldn't come to an agreement with him so for Chauncey Gardner-Johnson to not be tagged, and I was listening to the best show ever, listening to the gang, uh, the guys and, and Jen, and they were talking about the numbers. I have been very consistent from the beginning of free agency. At the beginning of free agency, I've been very consistent in saying that the one player that is at the top of my list with all the free agents that the Philadelphia Eagles have currently that they have to try to find a way to bring back, my number one person to come back was Javon Hargrave. I understand the years of, you know, 30 years of age. I get that part where Chauncey Gardner-Johnson is 25. You are also looking at potentially Marcus Epps leaving because we saw reports over the weekend as early as last late last week 
that stated that there were a lot of teams out there that had interest because of his versatility and trying to steal him away from the Philadelphia Eagles. Free agency starts next week. So with that, you want to make sure that you at least secure things next week where you can start talking to them on Monday and actual signing begins on Wednesday on the 15th. And I don't know what's going to happen with the back end. But what I do know is you're also in a position to lose four defensive tackles from Linval Joseph and Dominican Sue, Fletcher Cox, and Javon Hargrave, all because of the free agents. Uh, the last year of their deal, and they're going to be free agents. So the way that I look at the Philadelphia Eagles, and we all know, as frustrated as we may have been with Andy Reid, with his drafting style in the very beginning until we got used to it, they like to build from the trenches, from inside, outside. And if you are looking at making sure you secure that defensive front, and specifically in the middle. At the very least, if you lose Derek Barnett as a free agent, he walks away, he goes elsewhere as a defensive and a pass rusher, you still have Hassan Reddick and Josh Sweat at least there. Two players that also got over 10, 10 sacks a season ago. I am looking at it, though, where you're going into next year with Milton Williams and Jordan Davis Maybe Marlon Tui Pualotu tore his ACL early in the year. He was playing okay as a rotation guy. Maybe he comes back and he's good enough to come back and be a, a rotational player again. But you need some more depth where Tui Pualotu is probably your five, right, in terms of your, your, your defensive tackles, just like he was when the season got underway. Helping out on the edge because he's versatile enough to do so, but also able to line up inside. You need somebody there. And if you're looking at, arguably, outside of De'Ron Payne, the top defensive tackle on the market, and he's your guy, and you know what he can do, you bring him back even at the age of 30. When I was looking at Jimmy Kinski on Philly Voice, and he had a projected number, I believe it was three years. Uh, the money, it is what it is. He's going to get paid. But it's the years. Three years for a 30-year-old defensive tackle who had his best season this past year, I'm fine with bringing him back and him being my number one target of the free agents on the defensive side to come back and get him into the mix with his defense, keeping things secure. And if if it plays out the way that I heard Tyrone run off with the draft in one of the mock drafts that pointed out that the Eagles would draft an offensive tackle, offensive lineman at number 10, and then draft that kid from Pittsburgh as a defensive lineman there, defensive tackle, who, again, is very versatile. And his name has been linked to the Eagles quite a bit. I'm good with that. You have Hargrave, Jordan Davis, back with Milton Williams, and you bring in the kid from Pittsburgh as a defensive tackle. That's a nice rotation of four and making sure, because Howie Roseman will, that the rest of the rotation along that defensive front is in place. So as we start things off here tonight, I want to ask you, abbreviated show we got 15 more minutes than usual because of the 7 30 start time instead of a seven o'clock starting time tonight how surprised are you that they did not place a tag on either chauncey gardner johnson which was the real candidate to, for that or even javon hargrave are you okay with that and of the two i just want to run with those two here tonight as we look at some of these other names the numbers that are out there, and again, the importance of those two players in particular. Which one, if you had to choose between the two, you couldn't bring back both. Which one of the two, of Javon Hargrave and Chauncey Gardner-Johnson, 
would you prefer they focus on the most in making sure they lock them in and bring them back to the 2023 Philadelphia Eagles to help anchor that defense led by now Sean Desai as the new defensive coordinator? That's why I wanted to start with you. 610-632-0975. Devon Givens with you until 715 leading you into Sixers-Timberwolves basketball right here on 97.5, the Fanatic final game of the five-game road trip, looking for win number four of this road trip. And let's remember, it's also the second night of a back-to-back, so we'll see who's available, questionable already. James Harden, Tobias Harris, and P.J. Tucker, the latter two, missed the game last night against the Pacers in their 147-143 win. The uh, run-and-gun type of a college basketball, Loyola Marymount versus UNLV offense that was played last night in the NBA. That's what you got. And now you have a team that's well-rested after having Sunday and Monday off the Timberwolves. Their last game was on Saturday. They host the Sixers at Target Center in Minneapolis tonight, beginning at 7.30 pregame at 7.20. So we'll have that for you. We'll talk a little Sixers a little bit later on, get into some of the keys to the game. But if you had to choose one, because they cannot bring back both. They're going to be high-money players on the open market. Chauncey Gardner-Johnson, Javon Hargrave, which one do you feel is most important for Howie Roseman to focus on to bring back for the 2023 season with the extension that they get? Again, 610-632-0975. And just to be clear, I don't think that there's a wrong answer. Both players are important. But if you're going to have to identify which one may be more important than the other because of the money and the other things that you have to do, like sign your quarterback to a new franchise deal. You have to now allocate your money in a certain way. Who do you feel is more important on the open market for you to bring back to help this defense out? I am going with Javon Hargrave. We'll get Matt Menard's thoughts in a little bit before we step away for Sixers basketball. And, of course, Get your thoughts here tonight as we begin things. We'll also talk about a little Andrew Painter because uh, the guys had, you know, a little conversation with Scott Laubert. I want to hear what he had to say about Andrew Painter and um, some of the things that were said there. Um, I'm sorry, say it again. Okay. All right. Appreciate it. So just me and Matt having a little conversation there real fast. Uh, But again, uh, we'll get some of that audio to go along with you all here tonight to talk a little bit about the Phillies as uh, spring training is underway and we're inching closer and closer, uh, just a little bit of less than a month away to the start of the season and it should be a good time with the Phillies getting back at it. Will Andrew Painter be a part of it? Well, we'll see. And I said this yesterday. It was uh, We talked about it late, not in the early part of the show. We talked about this after the game. I'm not too worried. I wasn't too worried as we heard about it. Uh, yes, I want information just like everybody else, but the good thing is, it's March. So if there was something, and it, it did keep them down for a little bit, it's early in the season, and he's 19 years of age, he'll be fine. They'll be fine. It'll, it'll all work out. All right, so let's start things off on the phones again. 610-632-0975. Chauncey Gardner-Johnson not tagged by the Philadelphia Eagles today. The deadline was today. Had to get that number in, get that tag in on your player that you wanted to identify as a player there to tag and then try to negotiate a deal. They didn't do it. They typically don't do it. So not a big surprise for me, but maybe for you, you wanted to see that happening. Lamar Jackson, he was tagged by the franchise, and uh, that will be a, uh, a tag that, again, allows him, though, to still go out there and maybe look for a deal from another team, maybe the Atlanta Falcons, see if some other 
team, like I don't know what Las Vegas, their what their situation looks like after moving on from Derek Carr and him. He's able to go out there and negotiate a deal on a non-exclusive tag where he can seek out a contract with another team, but Baltimore has the right to match it. If they don't match it, they will then get two first-round picks as compensation. If you're the Baltimore Ravens, it's very interesting. You're the Baltimore Ravens. What do you do? You are a playoff team, but you are. it seems that you're only a championship-caliber team with Lamar Jackson, and they haven't done that since his MVP season where they got to the, bleed the conference championship. Since then, not as much with that team. And the other crazy part is, you don't really know what was going on at the end of the year. Was he injured? Was he really injured? Was he saying he was protecting himself because he knew they didn't really have a chance? It was a wild situation. Again, though, their problem. Where does he go? Is it somewhere that he gets a contract offer from the Jets, Washington Commanders, Las Vegas? Who knows? Atlanta Falcons, who knows? We'll see how it all plays out. But for the Philadelphia Eagles, where would you go? Where would you offer that that contract to if you had to pick between the two, Chauncey Gardner-Johnson or Javon Hargrave? Let's start on the phones with Andrew in Phoenixville, tipping us off on this Tuesday night on 97.5 The Fanatic. Drew, how you doing? Good evening. How are you? Pretty good, man. Good. You got a pen and paper with you? I'm going to rapid fire all my questions with you. All right, go for uh, it. All right, so number one, uh, Daniel Jones, four years, 160. How is that going to affect the negotiations with Jalen Hurts. None because he was going to get, I don't even have to write that one down. He, he's okay. not in the same market as Jalen Hurts, so I don't think that has an impact at all. Okay, good. Uh, number two, uh, 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 Gardner Johnson, I would take it a heartbeat because I think Howie Roseman would be able to pick up uh, some good free agents uh, and pick up some good help in the draft for the defensive line. Okay. So I think Gardner Johnson would be a good, a good match for us. Three, obviously, uh, Miles Sanders wasn't tagged. Obviously, we don't know what his uh, history, his uh, future is going to be with us, what kind of money he wants, uh, or if we can even pick up someone in the draft uh, or a cheap free agent uh, to replace him if he walks, if he's not going to get the type of money that he wants. Uh, number three, uh, someone said over Facebook, uh, Eagles Facebook page, hey, why don't we bring in uh, Nick Foles because he wants to retire an Eagle, and obviously our Garner, uh, Minshew is not going to be here next year as a backup, and we need a backup veteran. Why not uh, Nick Foles to bring him in, and then he can retire uh, a uh, Eagle next year? And then four, uh, last point is Eric uh, Kendricks, yep. uh, veteran linebacker, 31, got released from the Rams. One-year deal. What do you think? Um. Uh. Well, listen. I'll start with Eric Kendricks. He was released by the Vikings, not the Rams. Oh, Vikings. I'm yeah, sorry. no problem. And he uh, he's somebody that I'm interested in, depending on the number. If it is one year, and they have the opportunity of doing that, they lose Kaiser White. They uh, T.J. Edwards comes back. Whatever they wherever he's going to fit in it, I would like Eric Kendricks. Now, again, you have a stopgap linebacker, but at least we we feel like he's a really good defensive player that could fit in this in this system here and uh, play pretty well here with the Philadelphia Eagles. Nick Foles, no thank you. Uh, I would go in a different direction. I would even look to draft a quarterback uh, in the later rounds to have him come in possibly to be a backup 
to Jalen Hurts. Jalen Hurts is not as fragile as Carson Wentz, so he wouldn't be concerned about anybody selected there, Andrew, to back him up as a young player. So I would say no to Nick Foles, and if there was another veteran quarterback out there. Just, I, I watched Nick Foles in a couple of opportunities that he had over the last few seasons with both Indianapolis and the Chicago Bears, and he didn't look good. Now, he has this sort of magic when he's here in Philadelphia, man. Thanks for the call, Drew. He has magic here, and we saw it really reach his peak when he won the Super Bowl. But he's older now, and I just, I just don't see where, I don't see where he would still have it to come here and be a primary backup and still have that belief. Just because he did it in 2017 and won the Super Bowl, and even in 2018 coming back on that final year and playing decently in a couple of the games that he did appear in, I, I wouldn't, I, I wouldn't look at him. And then say that he is going to come in and be the savior should something happen to Jalen Hurts. I, I just, I just don't. So I say no to that. And Miles Sanders, look, I, I've talked about that. He's going to, I think he's going to find, I think he's going to find out that whatever number he thinks he's worth, and I hope he's been paying attention. He and his representation have been realistic about the open market for the running backs. Let's just say the running backs. And while he is a top five free agent running back and Tony Pollard is on the franchise tag for the Dallas Cowboys and that nets him about $10 million. You're not going to get paid here in this offense. So he said he wants to come back. That with that said, when he put that message out there on social media saying the Eagles, please keep me basically begging to stay here. I do think they're realistic of what the number may or may not be available to him. Now, the luxury he has is once these other guys, if they sign their extensions, even though they were tagged, Barkley and uh, Josh Jacobs, specifically those two guys, and Tony Pollard, I'm not going to leave him out because those are your top four running backs on the open market. David Montgomery for the Chicago Bears is probably number five. The draft is not until later in April. So he'll have plenty enough time to find out what happens there and then find his destination where he wants to play next season whether it's back here in philadelphia or elsewhere because they gave him a, a number that he liked a, a little bit more so i'm very curious to see where that goes and the one that i again i was looking at jimmy kemsky's piece on philly voice when i read this and he just predicted some of the numbers and he had him down as a one-year five million dollar player as a running back next season one year five million for miles sanders i would take him back for that one year, five million? Absolutely. Absolutely. You saw what he can do on this offense. I'm perfectly fine with that. Now, Derrick Henry, that's different because you have to give up assets to get him and come in here. Sure, he would help out as far as the running game goes and take some of the pressure off of Jalen Hurts while he'll still be a threat. You got that dude back there to take all those short yardage things. You're in a pretty good spot behind the best offensive line in the NFL. That would be pretty good. But I don't want to give up assets to do so. He's making a big number. One year, $5 million for Miles Sanders. Andrew, I would take that in a heartbeat. If not, I'd go out there and draft someone. Or maybe bring in another player that is available to you on the open market for a year. Like Damian Harris from the New England Patriots, who's a dual back out of the backfield at 26. I'm cool with that. One year, $5 million. Him, Kenneth Gainwell, Boston Scott, or a draft pick. Let's rock and roll. We're good to go. 610-632-0975. We'll come back. And by the way, Andrew said he would 
pay Chauncey Gardner-Johnson over Javon Hargrave. If you believe Howie Roseman can go out there and find some defensive linemen to fill in should they lose Hargrave and others along the defensive front. We'll get Gabe to start things off when we come back. We'll get everybody else. We'll read some tweets, get Matt's thoughts, Sixers, Wolves, on 7.30 start time right here, 97.5 The Fanatic. Give me that phone. Javon Gibbons on 97.5 The Fanatic. Backstagecountry.com, your online home for all things country music. Wondering who made our list of the top five all-time queens of country music? Did Carrie Underwood make the cut? Find out now when you text Queens to 45911 and scroll through the list on BackstageCountry.com. Text Queens to 45911 to see the talented artists who rounded out our top five list. 97.5 The Fanatic. Six thirty-two, 97.5. The Fanatic Devon Gibbons with you. 610-632-0975. Talking about the birds. No franchise tag on anybody from the squad today. The free agents that they have available. Chauncey Gardner-Johnson and Javon Hargrave. No tag placed on them. So they are going to be uh, free agents. And we'll see if the birds can come to an agreement on a long-term deal at some point. If not, someone will walk. Who will it be? Uh, and which player, specifically the two that we brought up, those two, Hargrave, Gardner-Johnson, which one do you feel was more important to bring back on the tag, even though they did not? 610-632-0975. Well, who do you prefer to keep for a long-term extension as we talk to you until 7.15, Sixers basketball at 7.30? The 6 o'clock hour is brought to you by Family and Company Jewelers. Visit them on Route 17 in Marlton, New Jersey, or at FamilyJewelers.com, South Jersey's destination. Let's go to Gabe on the cell, as promised, right here on 97.5. What's up, Gabe? Devon, good to talk to you, bro. Oh, my man. How you doing? Good. Chillin', bro. Chillin'. Um, it's actually funny. I had to call in because uh, my, my friend asked me that same exact question today. It was just, how, you know, how do you feel about, you know, them not franchise tagging anybody? And I was like, it's no surprise to me, honestly, because, you know, Howie's not really known for doing something like that. I think they were talking about it on the, thing on the, on the morning show um, a few days ago. I think the, the last time someone in the Eagles organization got tagged, was it was it Deshaun Jackson back during the, the Andy Reid era? See, I don't um, even remember that one. I, I went Jeremiah Trotter. Yeah. I think it was something like that. I think Bob, Bob Cooney had mentioned it. Um, but, yeah, no, it's honestly no surprise. And to me, honestly, I don't know. Like, I feel like the, the franchise tag kind of gets a bad rep because it's kind of like a slap in the face of the player. It's kind of like, you know, we want to keep you, but we don't want to pay you. So we're just going to keep you here until we kind of figure it out. And because you never really hear anybody kind of satisfied with the franchise tag. No players ever really have. No, they don't want that. Tag. Exactly. So, I mean, to me, uh, how he's kind of known for keeping, you know, a good reputation with players, a good reputation with agents. He's kind of just known for, for, for keeping things, you know, transparent and clear and good. So I'd rather just have them try to figure out a, a long-term deal, you know, on the on a good side. Um, and if I had to choose between the two, between Hargrave and, and, and Gardner-Johnson, I'd definitely go Gardner-Johnson because I just feel like, you know, he's, he's young. He brings, you know, a lot of grit and talent to, to a position that we definitely need. And you can find a lot of people on, you know, on the, on the defensive line. Um, you know, how he's, how he's been kind of known for doing that, whether through the draft or through free agency or, uh, you know, wherever else. But I, if I had to choose between two, definitely, definitely Gardner Johnson to, to try to work out a long-term deal. Yeah. And uh, again, no wrong answer. I understand it. I, he's 25 years of age. It, it makes sense there. You made the trade for him, so when you give up a little, even though they didn't give up, you know, many assets, it's just more of 
hey, let's just see if we can make this happen and and try to figure something out. And I, I guess, you know, they they maybe they will, maybe they won't. And we'll, we'll find yeah. out. But the guy, we'll he, cer- he certainly, when, they, when he was out, they missed him. And he's an important piece. He's definitely an important yeah. piece. So, yeah. I really fill that hole. Yep, absolutely. Absolutely. And, yo, really quick before I go, dude, I know, you, I know you're probably going to talk about it, but how about them Sixers, man? I mean, giving up, I mean, scoring points, but giving up points. Good Lord. Where's the where's the, the defense, man? I was looking at that score yesterday. I was like, good Lord. Putting yeah. up points, but, you know, giving up a ton. I don't, I don't know if I like that, but. Yeah, and look, sometimes right now, as long as you're winning names, as long as you're winning games, exactly. Here, sometimes, and I don't often agree with those, you know a lot of things that Doc Rivers says, but when you have games like that and it's frustrating, and you know as a coach that he wants them to play defense and stop the other team. That's the name right. of the game. Right? They weren't, and it's frustrating. So, as he pointed out, post game, this is one where you really just look at it and be like, "All right, look, man, let's let that one go. We we right. got away with the win. We got away with it." So let's just let it go. Let's not do that again tomorrow. How about not doing that on Friday or Sunday in these next upcoming games because these other teams can put up points on the board too. You got lucky. And the disappointing part was the night before, Indiana had to go to the final seconds uh, because of a Tyrese Halliburton three-pointer to avoid overtime to beat Chicago on on Monday night. And uh, they had to, part on, on, uh, on Sunday night, they had to make sure that they, they they escaped that way. Those guys, man, they played the night before on the road, and that was what was bothering me. It's like these dudes on the second night of a back-to-back. Come on. Yeah, yeah no, it's it's frustrating, but hey, you know. 70 I'm points in the, the paint. Seriously, I you know, the way I see it, I'm just, I'm riding the win, you know, a win is a win train until I can't ride it anymore. That's that's kind of how I'm seeing it, because I'm just going to drive myself crazy. Yeah, but you, you will. You will drive yourself crazy. <laughs> Hey man, thank, hey, did you get did you get anything new lately? This is my sneaker guy. We we talk sneakers. Oh, um, yes, the uh, the the white cements that that I got exclusive access on them. Oh, okay, all right. So yeah, that's that's really the only newest thing that I've got. So I'm waiting on on who on, you know, all my friends are. I posted it on my on my Instagram story. My friends are like, oh yeah, I'm hoping that they can they can grab it on the general release this Saturday. But yeah, that's the I like. I've never kind of been. You know, I have the black cements and the white cements were kind of. You know, I've kind of. I've had both. Kind of been mad yeah, on them, but yeah. But I know threes are probably my favorite Jordan silhouette in general, so I'm kind of I'm glad that I have it. It's a good cop. It's okay. a must have. Honestly, good, man. I'm surprised you didn't spend four hundred dollars for those Tiffany Air Force Ones. Oh no, I know. I, I'm going to be honest. I tried, Retail price, but only, but only, only for the resale value. That's it. Don't, yeah, don't, no, only, I'm, only I'm for out. the resale value. I'm out. <laughs> Unless I was gifted those from some Nike guy that I knew or in the past, not spending four hundred dollars for those things. No, thank you. I feel you. I feel you. All bro. right, man. You got it. Take Matt. You're over there shaking your head because of the number that I just threw at. Good evening, by the way. How's um, it going, man? <laughs> I'm just thinking of what I could do. That's a hundred gallons of oil for my house. Four hundred dollars. Yeah, man. I, I I knew the number because at first when they were released, I was like, all right, I like Air Force Ones. I'm not going crazy though. I'm not going to try to go nuts and go out here and get a pair. But when I saw that they were four hundred dollars, I was like, nah, I'm cool. Oh, let me just ask you, being a, a sneakerhead that you are, if you do spend four hundred dollars on a pair of shoes, what do you do with them? On a pair of shoes? Well, because you know uh, that you wear them once in a while. I, I would. I, some some don't. They'll just keep them and keep them in the box. Keep them. Just make sure you're never going to walk through grass or dirt that day, or yeah. Or if you do, you just come home and you just clean them off. I'd be too nervous because that's one thing that you guarantee could get dirty because they're yeah. on your feet. 
Yeah, so natural dirt is going to get on them anyway because you're outside or wherever you are. I don't. You man. just have to clean them. And, yeah. And put them back, and and then decide don't you're not wearing them for a while anyway, <laughs> because it's like. But no, I wasn't spending four hundred dollars on those. No. No. no that, that heats my house. The pair of sneakers heats yeah, my house. That would heat my feet, and <laughs> I'll be wearing a bathrobe with no heat. But I'm not doing that. <laughs> I'm not doing that. Yeah. Hey, man. They're that, nice, though. They're nice. Yeah. It's, it's funny to me, though, because so many people make fun of black Air Force Ones, the all-black ones, because they look like you're, you're, like you're it just, it's just um, it signifies that you're, you're rough, right? But these come out, and they're Tiffany, and they have a, you know, the Tiffany, comp- Tiffany and Company color, right. that, that sky blue or whatever it is. Now, the swoosh is that color. And, oh, black Air Force Ones and suede with that swoosh. It's all right. No problem now. Because it had that Tiffany's. name on it, right? Yeah. Got the little Tiffany thing, the logo on the back and all. No, I wasn't paying $400 for those. It was pretty cool, though. They're, they're nice. They're nice. I have Air Force Ones, but I'm not doing that. I can afford to look at the picture. That's about it. There you go. That's free. That is free. That's free. That's free. All right, man. What, what's free is, uh, what's not free is Javon Hargrave and Chauncey Gardner Johnson. Got to pay them. We'll get to everybody else on the phones. We'll also get to uh, some tweets here. But I wanted to get Matt in here. Um... Do you have a preference of which one you would prefer to pay if you could not bring both back on the open market? I mean, there's a lot of factors to think about. And um, just on the surface, it's Javon Hargrave because everything starts in the trenches. Everything starts with the pressure. And a lot of times your defensive line can make the secondary look better depending on the type, how much pressure they put on the quarterback. Now, I, we don't know what type of offense, what, what player would work best in Sean Desai's defense, which we don't know yet. But regardless of who your defensive coordinator is, defensive, defensive line is always important. And pressure on the quarterback is always important. I would just, I would, it's got to be Hargrave for me. They, they, gotta, they got lucky getting C.J. Gardner-Johnson. Because That's you, good work, though, by Howie Roseman. Absolutely. To identify the problem that the Saints were having and trying to lock him in. And remember, that was part of the reason why they traded him. He didn't want to be tagged in New Orleans. He wanted a new deal. Yep. But he, seem, he seems to have a, his finger on the Saints anyway. He, seem, he seems to know. He's basically the general manager for the Saints. I mean, yeah, you get Darren Sproles, Malcolm Jenkins. I mean, come on. Yeah. C.J. Gardner-Johnson. Yeah. There might be somebody on the Saints roster right now that he's he's going to fleece. Possibly, you never know. possibly. But yeah, I would go with Hargrave, just because of the importance of pass rush, and we know that we know how great he's been this year. We know that he's going to produce. C.J. Gardner Johnson, while he did have six picks, he did have some issues in the secondary at times, but he is versatile. He can play in the slot as well. So. It just depends on really, and I know that the Eagles know this more than us, obviously, how Sean Desai would use each of these players. But I, me, if Matt Menard, GM, Javon Hargrave. Javon Hargrave. Yes. Okay. No, I, I'm right there with you. 610-632-0975. Thanks, man. Really appreciate it. Sixers, Wolves, 730 right here on 97.5 The Fanatic. I'll have the pregame coverage also at 720 so stay tuned for that. Tom McGinnis will be on the call live from Minneapolis. Uh, real fast here, Jay Gridlock here on Twitter. Better make sure um, 
you check the weather forecast too. Wouldn't want to get caught in the rain with four hundred dollars sneakers on. That is correct. Yeah. You check the weather anyway, but you never know how things can change throughout the day when you get drafted. I mean, when you get uh, when you get dressed. That all right. Let me throw these let me throw these these things on here real quick. Let me throw these joints on. And, see and you how said those Tiffany ones are suede. Yeah, the sweet. whole shoe. Yeah. Yeah. Oh man. Yeah. You better not get caught in anything. Yeah, sweet. Some pop-up r- thunderstorm, <laughs> you're staying in the car. Yeah, definitely sweet. All right, Rick on Twitter, Rick1281. Got to go with Chauncey Gardner-Johnson. We draft on the D-line very well. Trade 10 for 15 to 20, somewhere in that range. And a two. Get the cornerback, defensive line, and the O-line picks handled. Good to go. And here's the other part, Rick, as you say that, and... Got to go with Chauncey Gardner-Johnson and making sure that you draft well on the defensive line like they have. When, when you go, when you look at the safeties or the secondary in general in the drafting of Howie Roseman, he hasn't been able to hit. He hasn't been able to hit on secondary players. Now, Vontae Maddox, they got right as a slot corner. Great. Sidney Jones, not so much. Rasul Douglas did not work out here. He's played well since he has left. Who else? Eric Rowe, names that are out there as far as secondary players. They have not drafted secondary very well. I know a lot of people thought Kayvon Wallace would be the answer because he went to Clemson, same college as B-Dog, yeah. But it was more of what Clemson was doing at that time. Yeah, that, Trevor that's Trevor Lawrence what, and the, yep. the, the, the T. Higgins, the team that they had. And he was a starting player and a, a big-time starting player on that team. And then he dropped in the draft. And it was like, not that he was going to be a first-round pick, but it looked like he might be a second. I think he dropped to the fourth, third, fourth. He might have third, fourth, or I don't know. Whatever one it was. But it was he dropped. And it was like, oh, okay. Maybe that one worked out. Maybe that would work out for him. And you get a sneaky late pick as a starter. And it has not. No, he's has nothing not. but a, a I don't feeling. Want, you mentioned Reed Blankenship during our commercial break. I like Reed Blankenship for what he did. I don't like Reed Blankenship going forward for what the Eagles would need him to do if they lost that guy right, I and don't, couldn't bring in another safety. I don't know if he's the, the long-term answer. He's a rotational piece. He's a specialty piece and a dime if they decide to use that extra safety to come up in the box as a linebacker because of some speed and as such. No, I don't want Reed Blankenship, with all due respect, as my starting safety next season. I just do not. As far as CJ, yeah. what worries me the most is the lack of communication, it seems. Because I know these days social media can tell you a lot. And from looking at his social media, it seems like they're not really communicating with him much. I saw a tweet. Somebody said, uh, thanks thanks for everything, CJ, blah, blah, blah. Hope you work out wherever you go. And then he retweeted it and then deleted a retweet, whatever. But... You know, if, if there was communication, it doesn't seem like there's much negotiating going on unless they're just keeping things behind doors. But, you know, pe- people ex- seem to express their feelings very quickly on social media. So if you see somebody do something or act a certain way like CJ, it seems like, I don't know, disgruntled, but maybe confused. He's got that's what he has his agents for. They, they, yeah. they figure that out behind closed doors. Nothing needs to be public. Oh, oh, I agree. About any negotiations. Nobody needs to get on Twitter or anything during this time right now. No. No, and he's very reactionary. So stay off of Twitter, especially if you want a deal to stay here 
You saw what happened with Nelson Aguilar. He needs to stay off of Twitter, too. What the, I don't remember what he Remember did. back in the day? What did he do? He, he had to delete it because he was getting... Well, th- this was a different situation. I mean, people were getting on him and stuff. And I, he, oh, he, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, but yeah. still, social media. Hey, Jalen Rager's pop. Monte Rager, who was blocking everybody that said anything bad about his son. I'm surprised I never got blocked. I guess I wasn't... I guess I didn't put anything actually on Twitter to destroy him. I just did it on the air. You must have said something good when Monte was here for a short time. Maybe, maybe. I don't know what that was, but <laughs> I, I guess so. Um, but, yeah, you, yeah, people do that. Yeah. Um, John Morant just just disabled his stuff. Stay off social media, man. Negotiations. Yeah, it, it don't, never, don't do your negotiations unless you're Miles Sanders and you're begging to come back to Philadelphia and you want Howie. And Jeffrey Lurie to make sure that you. I know. I, I I never saw such. He wants such... to stay, man. When you say I I love you, I hope you love me too. <laughs> I don't know if that's desperation or he just loves it here that much. And he's close to home. He's a, he's a local guy, so you know Harrisburg. That probably plays a part in it too. Steelers, maybe we'll go to the Steelers. No, not no. Harris. Got that locked down. Got that locked down. That's not happening. All right, six one zero six three two zero nine seven five. Also, Reggie. Uh, real fast, says uh, he'd been listening to Vikings podcast and he wants no part of Eric Kendricks. He was rated as one of the worst linebackers this year. And that in that horrific defense, the Vikings fans said he was just so slow and can't cover. Nah, I'll pass on him. My one question, though, Reg, with that, you just said it. That defense was awful. He couldn't do everything. Now, he's eight years in. He might not be good anymore. I don't know. I, I mean, Eric Kendricks, I've seen him make some plays when I watch their game. That entire defense stunk. There are individual players that do pop, though, from time to time, and they look pretty good. Vikings fans know more than I do because they watched him every game, every snap that he took. Have, they have it. I don't. But I know the name. I know the success that he's had. I like the player. If they decided to bring him in and they felt that he still had something playing in this defense, new Defensive coordinator, but still some of the same personnel, then I, I, I might be okay with it on a one-year deal. Let's go to John and Malvern here on 97.5. How you doing, John? Hey, Devon. Been a while, man. How you been? All good? Good. Villanova, big fan of your cousin. Oh, thank you, man. And I know he went to Great Valley, which is uh, the high school. Right. Where yeah. I yep. up here, though. Delco, don't hold that against me, though. That, that's okay, man. Hey, man, he did some work yeah. there, so uh, I like everything up there. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, you know, as far as Hargrave or CJ, I've got to go with CJ. I'll tell you why real quick. Because, you know, the Eagles' weak link has really been their defensive backfield for like a decade. This year, finally, it was really good. And, and I think you can get covered sacks if you have guys that can just cover well. Mm-hmm. And, and he's a ball hawk. I, you know, I think you can get D linemen, but if you lose CJ and, and, uh, and, and Bra- uh, Bradbury and, and, and Marcus Epps, you're losing three out of your four guys. I mean, that's just crazy. I think that's, that's going to hurt. Well, what, uh, if, what if they brought back Marcus Epps and his number was a lot easier to cover there and they brought him and Hargrave back? i I got to have CJ. Okay. He's a ball hawk. I think you got to have some. Um, and, and, you know, and he, and he can tackle. 
Uh, I, I like Hargrave. I mean, you're, you're, you're making it be a choice. I'd like to see them, you know. Yeah, that's know. what I'm asking. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But how you been, man? Oh, I've been good, man. No complaints. All, all is good, man. Hanging in there, staying busy here, which is a good thing. Yeah. Yeah, no doubt, man. So you got Mikhail up in Brooklyn now, so he's closer to you. Yeah, I was there on set on Sunday. It was great to get up there really quickly and see him play before they hit their road trip there in Houston tonight, starting off their road trip. So yeah, it was good. It was good to be up there. No, that's really nice. You got to see him. I wish he was still on Villanova. But we beat. That's a long college career, man. <laughs> I, don't, I don't think I don't think my cats are going to sneak into the tournament. That would be it'd be cool if they did. Yes, yeah, it looks tough, man. It really does look tough now. Yeah, yeah, it does just because of that that loss to, to UConn, and I I hate UConn. I shouldn't say hate. I don't like UConn. Yeah, sports dislike. That's okay. <laughs> yeah, sports hate. I understand. Yeah, no problem, John. I hate the Celtics. You can say that. It's all good. Yeah, I- Celtics. <laughs> yeah, well, listen, John, thanks for the call, man. Good to hear from you, and uh, we'll, we'll talk soon, man. We'll catch up basketball-wise and, and, of course, football once things goes down for the Eagles and some free agent things. 610-632-0975. Looking at some of the safeties here uh, in this uh, potential free agents, and, again, the Jesse Bates part, very, very interesting with the, with the um, Cincinnati Bengals. So... Looking at the safety, though, position here. <laughs> um, I know that was John mentioned Kale stay at Villanova. It's a long career at Villanova, man. You're like a 10th year senior, boy. Yeah, that, that was kind of funny. I never heard somebody say I wish they were at <laughs> a, a college still. Hey, plus, man, you got to get away, man. You got to earn a living at that point, right? I, the NIL was cool. But it's not like the NBA NIL. I know. You know what I'm saying? It reminds me, of, you ever see that movie Van Wilder? Um, Where he's in college forever? I, I haven't Reynolds? watched it, but I know what you're talking about. Yeah, he's just in college forever. Yeah. <laughs> That's funny, man. Hey. Again. He, he'd probably, well, you know, Mikel, he'd probably have the all-time uh, scoring record in college basketball history. I would Assist, hope so. rebounds. Steals, all that stuff. Block shots, everything. Yeah, 10-year pro yeah. or amateur or no whatever. Doubt. No doubt. All right, real fast, some of the safeties uh, that will, in, in fact, be uh, out there potentially. You look at, uh, let me see some of these names here. Jesse Bates, we mentioned. Jordan Poirier at 32. He's almost 32. Jimmy Ward, almost 32. San Francisco. And who else? Let me see. Devin McCourty, 36. Adrian Amos, Green Bay. Nah, no thanks. Von Bell, Eric Rowe, Jonathan Abram from Seattle. Nah, he's been moved around a little bit. Um, yeah, no, I don't. I don't see many names on here that I would be remotely interested in. Rodney McLeod is thirty-three. At this point, no, especially if Marcus Epps is going to be fine over there on that side of the ball. Uh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> but Jabril Peppers? No, 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 no. Uh, I'm out. Keanu right. Neal, wow. I might have his to... value was low. He he was he was playing in 2017 for the Falcons when they were in the he playoffs. Was good. I, the what happened to him? Dropped off. He's older Jeez. now, and he's still young. 20s, yeah, but. He was he was like a he's like a linebacker now, and not a safety anymore. He's that hybrid converted player. Nah, yeah. you, wow! You have to draft someone, and that that will have to be a starter. I might have to change my pick 
and bring Chauncey Garner Johnson back because he's 25. Marcus Epps is 27. Keep those guys together. All right, we come back. Final segment on the other side. Talk a little Sixers as we head into Sixers Wolves basketball right here at 7:30. Pre-game coverage at 7:20. <laughs> yeah, Mikael wouldn't get drafted. He would be too old. They'd be like, nah, he's peaked already. Right here, 97.5 the fanatic. Give me that phone. Devon Givens on 97.5 the fanatic. BackstageCountry.com, your online home for all things country music. Country music has so many generous artists who always seem to jump in to help those in need. We're spotlighting five who lead by example and lend a helping hand to charitable causes. See who made our list when you text GIVE to 45911. Text GIVE to 45911 and read all about it right now on BackstageCountry.com. 97.5 97.5 The Fanatic. All right, there it is. Matt Menard in the building, producing the show. So get the roots on the way out. Final segment here. Sixers Wolves coming up 7.30 right here on 97.5 The Fanatic. Final game of the five-game trip. And then the Sixers return home for two before they go on the road again. And they'll have two this weekend. Friday, Matisse Theibel, Damian Lillard, and the Portland Trailblazers. Like how I did that, Matisse Theibel? Did you really put Matisse ahead of Lillard? He's a feature coming back here. Oh, yeah. On Friday, uh, right here on 97.5 The Fanatic. And on Sunday, the Washington Wizards in town for the second game. And then the Sixers go back on the road. So an important game tonight. Here are my keys to the game tonight. A couple of matchup things I want to see. Also, number one, don't give up 143 points. Let's start there. I think that's pretty easy. Don't give up 143 points. One was, one was enough last night in that game against the Indiana Pacers. That one I can handle. Not really, but what's done is done. So we'll take it for what it is. So don't give up 143 points in the game tonight against this Minnesota team. That's number one. Number two, protect the basketball As always, that's always a key for me with the Sixers. Make sure you protect the rock. Give yourself an opportunity for the extra field goal attempts, the extra opportunities. Give yourself maybe some second chance opportunities on the offensive rebounding side of things by protecting the basketball and valuing every possession. Execute the possessions. That's something that they need to do as well. Execute with those possessions. That's been a big thing where they've not been happy with the execution down the stretch. Tonight, you're going to have Tucker and Harris back in the starting lineup. Joel Embiid will play tonight. You have James Harden will be off with his left foot soreness. They give him that load management game, so he's going to be off tonight. No James Harden. DeAnthony Melton will be in the starting backcourt with Tyrese Maxey. Fine with that. Protect the basketball, especially when you don't have your number one point guard in James Harden, you do not have him out there tonight. So protect the rock. You cannot have these possessions where they're just empty, right? Cannot have them. And too many times we've heard Doc Rivers say that they've had these empty possessions. They didn't execute the play that was designed and drawn up for them. Therefore, they didn't get the result that they wanted in that particular game. So for them tonight, no turnovers. 
Well, not no turnovers. We actually have seen them go through a game where they only had two turnovers in one game and they won, which was pretty impressive. But limit your turnovers, value the possessions, execute on the offensive end, and don't give up 143 points to the Minnesota Timberwolves. Just don't. And then the other one, protect the three-point line. Minnesota had 20 in their game that they won, their last game against Sacramento, and they put up 136 points off the top of my head in that game. So, again, this team can put points up with, led by Anthony Edwards. Mike Conley had a good game, his last game with 24 points. Jaden McDaniels, Jalen's brother, had three threes on that night, 19 points. Um, well, I think Kyle, Kyle Anderson also hit a couple of threes in double figures. Double-double from Rudy Gobert. Joel and B was going to be ready for this one to go at that guy. He always does, and he always has a pretty decent game against Rudy Gobert. Gobert get a block, maybe, you know, because that's what Rudy Gobert does. He blocks shots. All right, cool. Go out there and block your shot. But in the end, Embiid really gets the best of Rudy Gobert, so that's going to be a matchup to pay attention to tonight. Who's going to defend Anthony Edwards? Well, the goal is to have DeAnthony Melton out there as that guy to defend him. And you can't play around with P.J. Tucker and switching him and all that stuff with Tobias Harris putting him on. They're too lengthy. They are too lengthy uh, unless you decide that one of those players are going to stick Kyle Anderson, who's a 6'7", slow-mo. Yes, he will slow you down and get some good shots and make some good plays because he'll lull you to sleep. But he's also 6'7". He'll shoot over Tyrese Maxey. He will shoot over DeAnthony Melton. So you're going to have to make sure that Tucker and or Harris it will be defending, and I would probably say P.J. Tucker on on Kyle Anderson and have Tobias Harris running around with Jaden McDaniels until Jalen comes in, and you know that they'll probably, that will be each other, they'll both, that will be the assignment for both once they're in the game. So those are five keys for me, and, and also I can keep going because, you know, keep them off the glass, keep them off the offensive glass, make sure you rebound the basketball, pace, they're going to like pace just like you're going to like pace. Rick Carlisle said it perfectly. They're like a medium pace team, the Sixers are. But when they have to run and they want to see a little more pace, they will do so. They will get out there and transition and run a bit to speed up things and give Tyrese Maxey an opportunity in the open floor. So let's see how they do that. But you got to put a body on somebody and you can't let the offensive rebounds simply fall in the lap because you didn't give that extra effort, that extra lunge to go out there and pick up that rebound. We see it time from t- time to time, too, too, too many times often where that, that is a big number that the opposition has over the Sixers and someone like Nas Reed coming off the bench who can play really well, really well off the bench. Paul Reed's going to have to match that activity. If that if we, you like what Paul Reed does, Nas Reed is that three times. And he's going to have to make sure that he identifies him as a player as such that you have to go out there and respect what he does. And then you got to knock down your shots, close out on their shots, and let's see what happens. George Niang had a pretty good game these last couple of games out here, specifically the Milwaukee game. McDaniels had 20 in the starting role last night against the Indiana Pacers while he's back on the bench. You have to think his confidence is up there because now for three consecutive games, he has gotten minutes, significant minutes, and has been productive with those minutes. So I would like to see those things happen 
tonight against the Minnesota Timberwolves. It's going to be rough on the second night of a back-to-back after you gave up 143 and you had to put up 147. But you do get legs back in Tucker and Harris that should be able to at least make up for some of it with fresh legs after having two days off now with uh, the game uh, game off day on Sunday, did not play on Monday, and here we are Tuesday, they're back in it. So the Sixers, winnable game, should be able to stay in it. The goal was to take three. Now let's get greedy and see if they can take a fourth game here against the Minnesota Timberwolves to wrap up this five-game road trip. Jake in Northeast wants to talk a little Sixers. Voice of God. What's up, Jake? Do not come into the Capitol. And people want to follow that directive. No, they... All right. I don't know what that was. <laughs> I, don't know, I don't know what that was, but we'll just move on. And uh, we'll, go, we'll go elsewhere. That sounds like some other stuff. What's happening? Somebody has too much time on their hands. I don't know. That was like a little political. I don't, I don't know. What with the Capitol? <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. All right. Anyway, all right. Anthony Edwards, I'm a big fan. Sure that even if he goes off, you can't let everybody else get off the way that they did in Sacramento where they beat them by three, 136, 133. So with that, you got you to gotta be out there and be ready, man. You got to be ready against this team. Conley, 24. Edwards, believe he had 27. McDaniels, Jaden had 19. Kyle Anderson, also double figures. Rudy Gobert had a double-double. And they had two players come off the bench, Nas Reed, and uh, I'm trying to think of the other one that had double figure scoring. But seven players in double figures for the Minnesota Timberwolves against the Sacramento Kings. They can score. So defensively, you will be tested tonight. You will be tested. And make sure that you're up for it in this one. Once again, Minnesota did beat the Sixers in their first matchup earlier in the year. It was a, an interesting game that James Harden and Tyrese Maxey did not play in because they were both dealing with their foot injuries at that time. Embiid had a game high over 30 points, but Anthony Edwards had his 25, and you had a few other players have pretty good games. Carl Anthony Towns had a decent scoring night. You got to make sure that you slow these other guys down. They've been playing really good, and they're fighting for positioning in the West, where they are currently sixth in the West standings. They are half a game behind the Golden State Warriors, who are fifth in the conference, and they are half a game up on Dallas and the Clippers, who are right behind them at 7-8. and eight. So things could change very quickly for the Minnesota Timberwolves. They won three games in a row. They are trying to go out there and win a basketball game. So you don't want to just hand one over. You don't. Go out there and try to beat this team and get it done. Tonight, as far as the Sixers go around the league that we have to pay attention to, The Knicks play Charlotte tonight. They've been on a nine-game winning streak. They're creeping up now in the standings. They're fifth. They are two and a half games back of Cleveland for number four, four games back of the Sixers. Jalen Brunson will miss his second straight game, but Emmanuel quickly started and scored 39 in that win against Boston. That guy can play, man. So the Knicks and Charlotte, New York is going to take care of business. So you want to do your job handle your business as Milwaukee is in Orlando to take on the Magic 
and you want to make sure that they do their part. And we already mentioned earlier that Brooklyn will be in Houston. Those are the playoff teams that we'll keep our eye on throughout the night, see how things play out, and see if the Sixers can pick up their fourth win on this road trip. Matt Menard, thanks so much, man. Great job. Really appreciate you. Thanks to all the callers, listeners, and tweeters. We will be back after the game going in the post following Sixers, Wolves, right here. I'll have pregame coming up in about six minutes. 97.5 The Fanatic.